Good afternoon. This is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, March the 8th, and my mission as MLA is to serve the people of Cumberland North, to build unity and trust, to influence legislation and public policy for the greater good, to educate and to build capacity promoting our people and our area. And I also have a mission to build a world-class healthcare system while improving our population health. I believe this is all attainable, and I work to strive to do this each and every day of the week. Last week in politics, it was a busy week as per usual. The legislature is resuming tomorrow, so there's a lot of preparation that needs to be done. Preparation for question period, member statements, bills, and uh, research. Uh, in relation to all of those. Most of us MLAs throughout the province will be joining virtually, which will be different than our normal legislative session. Uh, But one of the benefits of a virtual sitting is I will be able to come home every night with my husband, which will be certainly um, a nice change for us. Traditionally, when the legislature sits, we are required to be in Halifax and that can mean several weeks at a time away from from your family. And although that can certainly put strain on a relationship and on a family, uh, thankfully, I have an incredible husband who's been nothing but supportive since I became elected and in this position. You know, four years ago, I remember very clearly a staffer telling me that, telling all of us new, newly elected MLAs that all MLAs get divorced and that I should... Uh, that we should be prepared for that. And I was quite offended by that statement and let that person know that my husband and I had no intentions of getting a divorce and that we would be working very uh, hard and very closely together to ensure that our marriage stayed strong and healthy, uh, regardless of the strains and stressors that being an elected official can put on a marriage. Anyway, I share that all with you just to give you a little insight into some of the things that we're told and also some of the some of the challenges that we do face uh, in elected office. But having all said all that, I am very grateful that one of the benefits of the virtual sitting is that we will be able to work from our home communities and be able to come home to our to our very own bed every night. Last week, I also worked on several bills that I'll be presenting on your behalf, on behalf of the residents of Cumberland North in this spring sitting of the legislature. Last week, I also worked on several immediate needs as well as medium to long-term goals for our area, including, but not limited to, the lack of available psychiatrists for treatment of acute illness, lack of available family physicians, border restrictions uh, here at the New Brunswick-Nova Scotia borders, and the effect on family members trying to take care of their loved ones. Border restrictions here at the New Brunswick-Nova Scotia border causing undue stress on business owners and their staff. Also worked on improving access to education for LPNs who are trying to access education to become a registered nurse. I'm working with several local people trying to get funding for the Tidnish Pedestrian Bridge for repairs. Worked on lack of access to home care services for of both nurses as well as housekeeper. This is this is becoming an increasingly 
significant problem. I'm hearing from people almost daily who have been told by the continuing care assessors uh, that that there is no no one available to come in and provide the home care that has been deemed that they require. So I'm working on contacting officials within the Department of Health to to address this cha- this challenge that we're facing here in Cumberland North. Also worked on uh, trying to get a sidewalk or bridge to our regional hospital. Worked with those in off-highway vehicle and trail committees and working on trying to create trail connectivity, safe and legal trail connectivity across the Trans-Canada Highway. Had discussions around making sure that there's adequate food supply for our students in schools. Had a meeting regarding growth of our industrial park. Had several uh, communications with those around vaccine schedule and access to vaccine, especially for those that are immunocompromised. And our public health department have created an immunization plan that is based solely on age and the vaccine will be given uh, to those that are 80 and older and then those that are 75 and older and so on in increments of five years. Of course, we do have some AstraZeneca vaccine that is uh, going to be given between the ages of 50 and 65 and the details of that vaccine plan has not yet been rolled out, but we, we do have some that are looking to help administer that right here in Cumberland County, both in Spring Hill as well as Amherst. And as soon as the details of that becomes available, I will be sure to share that information with you. Also worked on road repairs, gravel, and paved. Well, I didn't work on that personally, but received some complaints and concerns and shared that with our Department of Transportation. Also complaints for regarding flooding and blocked storm drains. I continue to work with my municipal partners and last week met one-on-one with Councillor Lisa Emery. I met one-on-one with each councillor in Cumberland North, both our county councillors as well as our town councillors, with the exception of one, and that meeting is still getting organized. I have also shared the strategic plan that I have built that is based on what you, the people of Cumberland North, have communicated to me of what you want to see here. I've shared that plan with both municipal councils that I work with, so the town of Amherst, as well as the County of Cumberland, and very excited to share that many of the goals that you have and that I have in in my strategic plan as MLA are shared with our municipal partners, and I know together we can accomplish more, and when we get everyone going in the same direction, it really makes a difference. This week in politics, as I mentioned earlier, the legislature resumes tomorrow on Tuesday. And if you're interested, tune into Legislative TV. Tuesday will be brief, more brief than normal, as it mainly will be focusing on the speech from the throne. And, you know, the big question that that everyone's asking me and that you, you hear is, you know, when are we going to see a provincial election? And as you know, we have a new premier, Ian Rankin, and we're heading into they're the Liberals' fifth year of their mandate, and very rarely will you see any party go into the fifth year. And the reason for that is, historically, when when any party has gone into the fifth year and calls an election, they historically do lose. So looking at history, looking at the current situation, we're all anticipating either a spring or a fall election. 
but obviously we have to wait and see. We do not have fixed election dates here in the province of Nova Scotia, so it's completely up to the discretion of the Premier, and who knows? We could start our spring sitting of the legislature, they could table a budget and call an election right away. We could be going to the to the polls in uh, in two weeks. It could be, or it could be in a year. Nobody knows except for Premier Rankin himself and his inner circle. In the meantime, I'll continue working hard, keep my head down and work hard for the people of Cumberland North. Today, I wanted to talk to you for a moment about the Order of Nova Scotia. The Order of Nova Scotia is the highest honor that the province can bestow on an individual. It recognizes people who have made an exceptional contribution to the community and province. Some individuals who have been invested into the Order of Nova Scotia are household names, while others have enriched the life of our province through acts and deeds that are known only to a few. But they all share one important thing. They have been nominated by their fellow Nova Scotians for this honor. I ask you listening today to think of someone in your community who could be nominated to receive the Order of Nova Scotia, someone who has made an exceptional contribution to your community and to our province. The deadline for nomination is Friday, March the 19th. Nomination forms are available at my office as well as online on the Nova Scotia Protocol Office website, which is novascotia.ca forward slash IGA forward slash order period ASP. And that will be available uh, on my Facebook site as well. It is important that we lift those up that make our community a better place to live. In addition to the legislature this week, I also have several meetings, including with a group of moms who have started the In the Works a Social Enterprise, which will aid in support of, in those recovering from addictions and or mental illness. I'll also be meeting with the Cumberland Forestry Advisory Committee to continue the work on our strategic planning for for a positive future of forestry here in Cumberland County. A short pandemic update. The vaccines, uh, vaccine and immunization plan is something I receive questions on every day. The plan does change and get updated fairly regularly. So I do encourage you, if you have a computer, to visit the website, Nova Scotia Coronavirus, and there is a section specifically on vaccine, what vaccines are now approved here in Canada, as well as what the immunization plan is for here in Nova Scotia. There will be a clinic here in Amherst on March the 22nd. The clinic will be for persons 80 years of age and older, and everyone in this category, this age category, should have received a letter from the public health department. If you haven't, or if you know someone that hasn't, you can call this number to schedule a vaccine appointment. The phone number is 1-833-797-7772. Again, 1-833-797-7772. And as more information becomes available on the vaccine rollout, I will make it available to you. As of Monday morning, here in Nova Scotia, we have 29 active cases of COVID-19. Two were reported new yesterday. The Cumberland-Colchester Community Network reports having three active cases of COVID-19. In Nova Scotia, there are two persons in hospital and one in ICU. If you're looking for more particular information about the data here in Nova Scotia, again, that is available on the Nova Scotia Coronavirus website, and there is a specific link for data.
In New Brunswick, as of Monday morning, they have 35 active cases of COVID-19 and two new reported cases yesterday. New Brunswick has three persons in hospital and two in ICU. It's certainly encouraging to see the low numbers of COVID-19, both in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. Uh, the border restrictions continue to cause great havoc to the residents living here on both sides of the border. New Brunswick has been opening uh, many things within the, their own province. However, we've not seen any changes made to the New Brunswick border restrictions. I received uh, many, many messages over the weekend, people asking me if they are allowed now to go into the province of New Brunswick to see family, to pick up items that they wanted to. And I did share with them that as of this morning, that New Brunswick had not made any changes uh, loosening their border restrictions. So even though New Brunswick, uh, New Brunswick's numbers are similarly low to us here in Nova Scotia, uh, Nova Scotia has also not loosened the Nova Scotia border restrictions. Everyone I speak with uh, here support public health prevention uh, protocols. However, the border restriction protocols between the communities here in Cumberland and Westmoreland counties, they just they continue to impact those people living here very negatively. A perfect example are the new COVID testing requirements for children in shared custody. I sent uh, communication through to Dr. Strang and Public Health a week ago. Unfortunately, I have not received a response yet, but I did share the concerns that many shared with me. The fact is we have hundreds, hundreds of children and families that have been shared, sharing custody between the parents uh, in both Nova Scotia and New Brunswick now for over for a year. Are those children bringing COVID into Nova Scotia? The, da the data is, is saying no. Yet the majority of the COVID cases that's being brought into Nova Scotia seems to be from people traveling from outside of Atlantic Canada. Yet there's no requirement. There's, there's no requirement in place for those traveling from outside of Atlantic Canada to be tested at border entry points. Yet they're requiring children to be tested three times every two weeks, every time they cross to see their parent. Why are we not testing those that are coming into Nova Scotia from outside of Atlantic Canada? Testing could be done at all border entry points, whether it's land, whether it's airports or ferry terminals. We know living here in Cumberland North, there are three physical land borders, three entry points into Nova Scotia, Tidnish, Mount Watley, and the Trans-Canada Highway. One of these three areas are manned. And that setup has been deemed dangerous by hundreds of people who travel that highway every day. In fact, our healthcare professionals have voiced concerns over being delayed at that entry point into Nova Scotia. There's no possible way for them to cross that border to get to our regional hospital if they need to do so urgently. And even though the, those concerns have been shared very clearly, those safety concerns have been shared very clearly with not only the Department of Transportation and Environment who are responsible for that setup, but have also now been shared with the Department of Health. We are still seeing no changes. It's very frustrating when real valid concerns fall on deaf ears. The fact is, 
Uh, a large percentage of the people working at our regional hospital here in Cumberland live only minutes away, but in our neighboring province of New Brunswick. The people of our area are growing tired of the rules being placed upon them from persons living in Halifax. When there is no data or science to back up rules and restrictions, it is awfully difficult for the public to give them support. The people in Cumberland and Westmoreland counties next door are kind and good people and are not rule breakers. But their breaking point is coming if the border restrictions are not modified to accommodate the people who live in our border communities. Decisions must be made in relation to localized risk levels. I will continue along with neighboring MLA, Megan Mitten in New Brunswick, to emphasize the need for both of our provincial governments to work together. You would think after one year, after one whole year of this pandemic, that our provinces would be working collaboratively. They're not. And I will be continuing uh, to ask for this. It's not too late to start. It's not too late to start. On another note, I would like to send birthday greetings, birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone who's celebrating this week, including today we have Darren Canole and Ben Bacon. Tomorrow on Tuesday, we have Cheryl Broughton. Wednesday, Ricky Camo and Kimberly Marks. Thursday, Diana Matthews. Friday, Nicole Hicks. And very special person in my life, my son Joel McCrossin is turning 23. On Saturday, Derek Ferdinand is celebrating a birthday as well. I would like to also extend my sympathies to anyone who has lost a loved one, including the family and friends of James Alexander McKenzie, Charles Victor LeBlanc, Danielle Daniel Edward McKay, Bedford Walter Chapman, Joanne Patricia Hurley, Joyce Marcella Ripley, and Cindy Ann Gauchi. Please accept my sympathies for the loss of your loved one at this time. I would like to thank Mr. Ron Bickle and CFTA 107.9 for providing me with this opportunity to share with you my MLA constituency update for Cumberland North. As I end today's message, I want to make special mention of all of the women in my life and in our communities. Today, we celebrate International Women's Day and the theme globally around the world is Choose to Challenge. We celebrate women's achievements and increasing visibility while calling out inequality. That is the key. Today, I'm showcasing some amazing women of Cumberland North and their message to the world, Choose to Challenge. Go to my MLA Facebook page today and you will see pictures of these amazing women along with their individual and authentic quotes to the world. I am so proud of them and ask you to join us in striving to make this part of the world a kinder, more loving and respectful and safe place for women to shine and live their best life. When women do well, we all do well. In my life, I choose to challenge the culture in politics. I challenge us to be more collaborative and to be more supportive of one another in our workplace. I don't believe the culture of politics has to be so negative. After all, most people that offer to serve in public office do so because they want to make the world a better place. So let's build one another up instead of tearing one another down just because someone thinks differently about an issue. Healthy, robust debate is necessary, but so is kindness and respect. So let's all choose to challenge the status quo. Choose to challenge when something is not right. Everyone have a great week. Remember to take care of yourself and take care of others.